We're going to come back to this. <laughs> Let's see what he wants to do. Hallelujah. It's hard to teach when you're in this presence. You just want to stay in it. Man. The Lord said every time I get up this year to teach on giving, which everybody here doesn't have experienced. I don't ever teach on giving unless the Lord tells me to teach on giving. So anytime the Lord tells us to give, he wants to do something for us. Amen. And, you know, apostles and prophets are really just waking up the church. That's what apostles and prophets are doing. They're waking the church up. The church has got complacent. The church has got comfortable. And now the apostles and prophets are coming forth, waking the church up. Waking faith up. And we got to understand that we are in a mega cycle. And he said some would make it through it and some wouldn't. I hope he's not talking about any of us. He's talking about the whole body. That some will make it, some won't. And what makes it mega? Who remembers what makes it mega? What is it? No. What makes this, this cycle mega? It's an accumulation of prayers, giving, accumulation of love, things that you just have forgotten about that wouldn't think it ever come to pass. It's now going to come in like a flood. This is your year. And this is also our death season. Uh, this is March. This is the end of the month of the death season. Now, we gotta, we got to bury it next month. But we got to realize what has to be put to death. We had some awesome testimonies tonight of people putting things to death. Unforgiveness, putting it to death. Uh, treating people wrong, putting it to death. This is the season, and this rotation goes every year from, from death season to burial to rest to resurrection. God gave us this order every year because that's the only way you can go from glory to glory. And we have to go from glory to glory because Jesus is looking for a glorious bride. She's got to be glorious. She's got to look like him. She's got to mirror him. She's got to have what he has. And this is also the, we're coming up to the end of the first fruit season. And that's the first quarter. And we heard some awesome testimonies on first fruits already. How God just moves quickly and puts you first when you put him first. And I love the testimonies. But I, I saw a vision uh, earlier when the testimonies were going on. And it was, a, it was a set of jumper cables. And you know how your car battery goes dead and you're so happy when somebody's got some jumper cables. And you jump the car off. And the start, car starts running again. Well, some of us here tonight, see, the Lord showed me he needs some jumper cables. So that's why I cut the worship off kind of early so I can get a little bit of teaching out. Because somebody needs a, a jump start. That they're dead in an area that 
they thought life would be. And the double, the double cables represent a double portion of the anointing. So if something's going to hit you, it's going to bring something back to life that you thought was dead. And it's going to start running again. Whether it's ministry, whether it's your finances, relationships, it's going to, something's getting jump-started tonight. So I'm going to be talking to two people tonight. And I don't know, I'm not going to get through all this. Um, because when I sit down, my hand just starts writing. So I, I get it at the same time you get it, really. I'm going to be talking to the people who are prospering and the people who have yet to prosper. And I'm going to ask the question, are you limiting God? Are we limiting God? God, I was sitting on the couch this afternoon, just meditating on the Lord. And I heard, God is abundance, the devil is budget. I said, it goes my budgets. He wants us to get off the budgets. Don't be budget-minded is what he's saying. It's good stewardship to have budgets, but don't be budget-minded. I want you to be abundance-minded, because God's in abundance. And it doesn't matter how smart you are, how dumb you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. Everything determines your life on how you think. Everything determines your life on how you think. So I want to look at Luke 5, 4 and 5. I want you to pick up this revelation, and I want the spirit-filled version, please. Not the amp, the spirit-filled version. And I've lost my voice from so much worship today. Oh, Lord. Spirit-filled version, Luke 5, 4 and 5. Now, I want you to catch what I see here. When we had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets for a, let, let your net down for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, your word, at your word, I will let the net down, right? So I want you to catch something here. How many of you have lost what God really gave to you? Have you ever lost something you felt like God really gave to you? I want you to think about this. Because we limit God when we don't obey the instruction. And when you're in an apostolic ministry, it's all about order and instruction. There's a vertical order, and then there's instruction. And God's blessing follows order and instruction. But Jesus said in this verse, let down your nets, plural, nets. And Simon said, at your word, I will let down my net. Do you all see it? He, he was talking to Simon. He wasn't talking to Peter. I mean, other people. He was talking to Simon. He said, let down your nets. So something happened here. In other words, he, he, the Lord was showing me they were on the safe side. How many of you are on the safe side of your blessing? On the safe side. Of, some of you are on the safe side of the blessing, the Lord said. And, and these are the ones that have been prospering. You know, a little bit of prospering going on. He said, you are on the safe side of your prosperity. 
That's probably me too. He said, you never come into fullness because you are limiting God. God never asks us to do something unless he is going to fill it. So if you hear him tonight, he's asking you to do something. You can be assured he's going to fill it. Two reasons why we limit God. Here's number one. Because we really don't know him. That was the case here in these scriptures. They really didn't know him. They knew him in his humanity, not his deity. How many of you know him just in his humanity and not his deity? You can tell by the fruit. If the Bible says you're supposed to, you're supposed to have this much blessing coming back to you, and that much is not coming back to you, then you're looking at him as a man only and not catching the deity of Jesus. The disciples heard him as a man. How do you know that they... Here's the key. How do you know in this verse they didn't know him? Just how could, how could I pick that up in that verse? Because Peter called him master. Now listen. I remember when I was born again Christian and God was using me with casting out demons, healing the sick. I mean, right after I was born again. And I remember that word. Every time I would call a demon out, I would say master. See, I'm still a slave to Jesus. Not a brother. When I'm a brother to Jesus, I'm a son to God. Peter called him master. He never called him Lord. Isn't that good? Yes. He never called him Lord. And that's the problem with a lot of us and why we're how we're not receiving like we should because we still see him as master. We still see him, his humanity and not his deity. The only way that you see his deity is when he is Lord over your life. I wonder how many of you have cut off the flow of the blessing. Think about this. Because he's, he's, he's getting all this straightened out tonight. That's what he's doing. Because all of us have done it. I've been in the same shoes. Listen, two boats were filled. And in the, in the, in the, in the, as we read on, two boats were filled that tell me when God blesses you, it's not just for you. The one boat filled up to it almost sank. They called another boat over and it filled up and almost sank. When Jesus is Lord and not just master, there's an overflow. There's an overflow. How, does, how, do, you move from, how do you move from him being master to Lord? Through transformation. Through the renewing of the mind. Because what happens in the renewing of the mind, the word of God is here. I tell people in kingdom life, we got saved by the spirit of truth. But now have the truth of the spirit, which is the word. Jesus will never be Lord over what's in your head unless it's his word. If the word of God is occupying here he's lord 
And we were discussing a scripture in the conference room next door before service. And First Peter. And it says, uh, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So I asked the guys in the conference room, we have a little Bible study over there before we come into the service. And um, I said, now, does faith really end? It says the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Does it end? What happens is we have to remember there's two kinds of faith. There's active faith and there's a faith that rests. There's a saving faith and there's a faith that rests. So when the soul is whole, the act of faith has done its job. And now you've entered into a rest faith. Now then that's when Jesus is Lord. Is when you entered into a rest, but you're still in faith. But you're not having to act on faith anymore. The only thing you're doing is speaking the creative miracles, speaking creative finances, instead of believing God for them. Now you're speaking them. That's what Jesus walked in when he, he called the money uh, to come in the fish, right? Now what kind of fish vomits out money? We are supposed to be walking in that kind of power and authority. Problem is, God can't trust us. He can't trust us. We'll be spitting out creative things that we don't need. Amen. But he is, he is transforming us so that he can trust us. And we're all in that movement now, that cycle now. He's trusting us more and more, more and more. He's trusting so how do you know the blessing came from God? Because it's usually bigger than you are. It's bigger than what you can do. Lee's testimony was awesome. It's usually double of what you expect. Because he wants to be a blessing to someone else. Now Jesus said, let down your nets. What's limiting God in your life. I want you to think about this. What is limiting God in your life? What haven't you cast into the deep? Maybe it's a person that you shouldn't be holding on to. Cast them into the deep. Some people can't go where you're going. But God's favor will hold the person that you had to step away from. I'm not talking about marriages now. Marriages stay together. We've seen some testimonies about marriages staying together. I want you to catch this here. In the Garden of Eden, there were four rivers. It is proven today. You will, you will not find all those four rivers. You only find two. It's proven. Two are there. Two are not there. And I read on this. It says that they say it will depend on what time of the year you go. This is very revelatory for what season we're in. 
So there's two streams, two rivers, and two streams that come suddenly. Most of us have exhausted the two that we know. I've exhausted it. What you are looking for is not coming in the two that you know. The two sources that you're used to. It's not going to come that way. Lee's testimony was an example of what God is doing right now. It's unexpected. It's not going to come the way you know it. God has an unexpected blessing that's bigger than those two rivers. It's unexpected. And they say the other two rivers come back when the flood comes. Catch this now. I need you to catch this. You catching it? The other two rivers come back when the floods come. There's a flood coming. That's what this mega cycle is all about. There's a flood coming. And that's going to bless you in unexpected ways. And I, how I can tell that the Lord is getting ready to do this is because he's getting people's homes right. You can't expect the blessing of God in your home being a mess. It ain't going to happen. It'll, it'll go right by you. Because God starts in the house. He starts in the house. So in the mind of God, he has nothing but surplus and abundance for you. That's in his mind. For you, he has no limitation for you. And why do we feel so limited? We feel limited. There is no limitation in God's mind for you. I'm trying to get you to change your thinking. He doesn't want you to put limitations on him. How do we do that? Well, the disciples did it in those verses. They didn't follow the instruction. They put a limitation on God. The mega is in the two rivers. It's not going to come the way that you see it. That should keep you in an expectancy of hope. Because it is coming. We've already seen some of it just, you know, how, how a flood comes, a, a little bit of water hits you first. And then the, the gusher comes. How many of you want that? Does everybody want that? I'm talking to the right people. We limit God according to our knowledge. Our knowledge. We can't go where your mind is not redeemed. You need to write that down. You cannot go where your mind is not redeemed. You'll be kicking and screaming the whole time and you'll be back up where you started until that mind is redeemed, until that mind is renewed. Tradition puts limits on God. Tradition. And, I, you know, I have to, I have to war against that, even in this ministry and in my personal life, because sometimes you just have to know you have to refresh yourself and start doing something different, like hearing your voice. Hearing a sound, moving from a playlist, letting God hear the worshiping bride. 
Let him hear the voice. Let him hear the sound of the bride. We're just doing something different. One of the names, God has so many names, one of the names of God is different. That's one of his names. It's called different. Don't get locked into one way God does something. Because we know we've come out of that church mindset and we think God's going to do it this way every time. He might be doing that in the church mindset, in the born-again mindset, but he's not doing it in the kingdom mindset. Everything's coming differently. Everything's coming differently. So that was for the ones who are prospering already. Get out of your safe zone. Get out of your safe zone. The Lord convicted me of that day. He said, get out of your safe zone. Now, 1 Chronicles 29.12, let's put that on the screen. The power to make riches. Who was in the, uh, the wisdom tabernacle table yesterday? Y'all were in there. I, I, I don't give my, a lot of my testimony out, but I gave some of my testimonies. And some of them said, well, why don't you do that more often? Because these are wow testimonies. Back that brother Mac, come here, brother Mac. So, there's many reasons why I'm standing in front of you tonight. Many people were involved in me being here, and brother Mac was the first one after Paul Hodge. Brother Mac was the first one. And two years into my born again experience, the Lord had me build him a church. And not charge him for it. Now I was just really getting started in business. And that church is still standing today. How long ago was that? 20 years ago? 22 years ago. We go way back. And that church is still there. He's still ministering in that church. When, when I built the church. And handed him the key. The Lord said every soul. That gets saved in that church. Is going to be on your account also. Now, Brother Mac is an apostle, an evangelistic apostle, where he just sets up tents all over the place. And what's amazing is when people, there's nobody helping put up these big tents. The Holy Spirit blows a wind up underneath the tent and holds the tent up till he can get the post around it. We don't realize what's sitting in our midst. But this man carries the favor of God. People wouldn't, you know, he, he preaches to the poor in these little countries. And, you know, I think it was, he was coming home from Jessup one time, didn't have any gas. And the Lord said, pray over the gas tank. And he prayed over the gas tank and got from Jessup to right to his house on fumes. That's lacking in the church. Isn't that right, Brother Mike? I've learned a lot from him. I've ran from him a lot of times, too. When I was under those tents, his finger pointed at me, and I was in the back row, and I could feel his finger on my nose. He said, you're going to be preaching to many people. I said, that's the last time I'm coming under this tent. Thank you, brother. I'm a builder, not a preacher. So let's look. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. 
and your hand, in your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now in the kingdom, in the kingdom, we do not earn money. We make riches. You got to catch this. We do not earn money in the kingdom. If you have an earning money mindset, then we're going to change your mindset tonight. You make riches. Earning is when you, we work for a salary. Making is when God gives you something and you put it into produce and multiply. Like Lee said, we move from a kingdom of buying and selling to a kingdom of sowing and reaping. There are four types of riches. Number one, stolen riches. Stolen riches. Come on, wake up. Y'all wake up. I'm going somewhere tonight now. What's, what's going to come on you is going to blow your mind. Number two, borrowed riches. Number three, inherited riches. And number four, created riches. I want you to stay focused on number four, created riches. It doesn't matter how much money you have. I was broke when I came to Jesus. And within two years, I was a millionaire. Within two years, because I sowed time, love, and money to people. I was so in love with Jesus and so in love with people that I was out of myself. People who aren't blessed are consumed with self. How to make riches. Look at Isaiah 48, 16. This is how to make riches. Uh, this is my favorite verse. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you how to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. If you'll meditate on that verse, I speak that verse every Every morning in my war room. Every morning. The Lord teaches you how to profit. He teaches you how to make riches and guides every step. You won't get it from any place but your secret place. I can't wait to hear the testimonies from these young men that I've got. I've got them on accountability thing that they're, they're supposed to fax me by the end of the week how many hours each morning they spend in worship. And they have to start with two hours. Don't even record it if it's not two hours. Amen? Because I want to hear the testimonies. Everything that I've gotten from God has come from worship. He's given me insight into things. He'll let me see something in worship. Anything that you get in worship, you can count on. It's from God. But you've got to make sure that you worshipped him enough for him to come to you. You just can't worship him and say, oh, he's here. No, when he, when he sets on you and your mind is not thinking about nothing else, now he's ready to speak to you. If something's in the mind, he'll not speak to your mind. God never speaks to your mind. He speaks to your heart. And then he reveals to the mind. 
If your worship time's not in like it should be, I'd start after the night getting it in every morning. Because that's part of your, your receiving of this mega cycle of blessing that you have sowed into the kingdom and have not yet received what you had sowed. So when you understand that God gives you the power to make riches, you receive your salary. You set apart your tithe and sow it to bear fruit in the economy of the kingdom. So in other words, we sow the seed. We sow the seed. Our job gives into the kingdom. I used to have a saying, I, 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 work, to, I, I work to give and I give to live. I live to give. I work to give and I live to give. No, I work to give. What is it? Yeah, I said it right. Yeah. The riches come from God. Let's look at four, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How many people have quoted that scripture and never got the riches? I'm teaching you how to do it tonight. It works. True riches are in his presence. The true riches of God is his anointings. That's the true riches of God. And you get that in his presence. The anointing. All you need, and I've, I've experienced this, all you need is one idea from God in his presence. And you will prosper beyond comprehension. One idea from God. And we're in a season right now that he's going to give you what you need individually to prosper and get out of this, this thing that you're in. He doesn't want you focused on finances. He wants you focused on him. And when you shift your mindset. He's able to trust you with the finances. And he'll bless you super abundantly. I'm a, I'm a testimony of that. When you worship God in a quiet place. Put on music. Connect to his presence. And begin to write. If you take on that mindset. I'm going to put on music. I'm going to connect to his presence. And I'm going to write. As soon as that music hits my ears. Within five minutes. My hand is writing. Like this. This is how it works. And there's such an order to it. And you know it's coming from him. This is the word that he backs up. He doesn't back up the word. That I just pull out and start preaching. He backs up the word. That he gives you to preach. And it's going to come out of your. Worship time. Look at what's already happened. Chris's testimony. The, the aroma of God. You can go in my war room. You can smell it. It's there all the time. But it's been transferred to these guys. Because I put them on this task. And now, God is able to move through their worship together. 
now we have a, a body of worship and unity, and they're going to start experiencing the same things I experienced. I, I experienced crazy things. And you'll find that you, will know, you don't want to leave that place. In fact, that's where you belong, is in that place. You have, you have a God-given power. When you get born again, and I experience this, when you get born again, you have a God-given power that comes on you to obtain wealth. Why doesn't it work for some of us? It worked for me. But I've seen Christians that have been walking as long as I have that have nothing after all these years. What's wrong? Let's look at Deuteronomy 8.18. And he sh you shall remember the Lord God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to the forefathers, as it is this day. What's the co covenant that he's trying to establish with you? It's the covenant of blessing. It's the blessings of Abraham. Wouldn't you like to flow in the blessings of Abraham? Well, the church is supposed to be flowing in the blessings of Abraham. I'm flowing in the blessings of Abraham. I've experienced the blessings of Abraham at a measure. I'm ready to grow in it some more. But everybody should be flowing. Everybody should be flowing. He gives you power to obtain the wealth. He doesn't bring it to you. There's too many lazy Christians in the body of Christ right now sitting around waiting for God to bring something to them, and it ain't going to happen. He expects you to exercise that power. When he gives you an idea, he's going to empower the idea, and you'll see it prosper, and that it will gain wealth for you, that he may establish his covenant that he swore to the fathers as of today. So he's going to establish his covenant with you first so that you can be a testimony. So keep that in mind. When God starts blessing you, don't be quick to give it away. He's trying to get you established first. Because I, the devil played with my mind a long time ago. When God would bless me, he said, you know, you got to give that away. God said to be a blessing. And the Lord rebuked me. He said, I'm trying to establish you as a testimony. So let me let, just keep the blessing. And there'll be a time that I'm going to release you to help somebody or give somebody something. But I want you to enjoy it. Man, I had such a religious mindset and I was born again. Religion thinks if you get something, you've got to give it away right away. Ecclesiastics 5.18. Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for this is his heritage. 5.19. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth. So you've got to know the difference. Riches is what? Anointings. And wealth. And given him the power to eat of it. A lot of people have wealth, but they can't spend it. Because something's out of line. They feel guilty when they spend it. God has to even give the power 
for you to enjoy it. He's given you power to eat of it. That means to enjoy it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. This is a gift from God. Y'all want to get there? We're not too old to get there. Amen. You're never too old to get there. God makes things so easy. Can we go to Ecclesiastes 10, 19? I didn't give you that one. Ecclesiastes 10, 19. A feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Let that sink in. Money answers everything. Wisdom answers everything. And the Lord keeps bringing me back to this constantly when I get up, that wisdom and money answers everything. So he wants this to sink into you. What is the wisdom of God? Who can answer that? What is the wisdom of God? It's the Bible. That's his wisdom. And it answers everything that's spiritual. Money answers everything in the natural realm. So I can know, know that whole Bible and not have any money and nothing's getting, not everything's getting answered. I can hear the word of God and not sow into it and it's not answering my problems. This is another way that people are missing it. It doesn't matter how much you give. We've learned that just in one of the testimonies tonight. You see how the devil can get on you and, and put that pride on you, and that shame on you that a dollar's not enough to give in front of everybody? You need to always have money on you. Change. Dollar bills, because you never know when God's going to ask you to give a dollar to somebody. I lend a, a lot of money to a, a, a pastor here in Savannah uh, years ago. A lot of money. And I wanted to give it to him. So I asked him, do you want this as a loan? Or do you want me to give this to you? Because it wasn't my money. It's God's money. He said, I want a loan. I want to be held accountable. So I gave it to him. He made the arrangements with the bookkeeper to make the payments. And I said, just whatever you're comfortable with, just do it. Well, a year went around and my CPA said, who is this person? I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, that has this loan and they haven't paid anything towards it in a year. Now, you would think that a leader of a church would do that. So I didn't think nothing of it. I'm working on, in my office and, and the Lord speaks to me and he said, Gene, I want you to go to him and tell him that if he pays you back a dollar a week, that I'll remove the curse off his life. I, I still remember that day. He got puffed up in his chair and he said, a dollar a week, that's totally insignificant. So I got up and I walked towards his office door. I was going to leave and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And I was only a three-year-old baby Christian. Spirit stopped me. He said, turn around and tell him that if he doesn't pay you a dollar a week, that a greater thing is going to come upon him. And 30 days later, he's on the front of the newspaper for tax evasion. 
when God was going to free him from that. A dollar a week. God is trying to keep us humble. It's not how big things are. It's the significance of it. The quality of it. The quality of your obedience. So five years go by. He gets out of jail. His attorney calls me. Said, Pastor, won't you pay you back the money? How much do you want him to pay back? I said, telling a dollar a week. He said, what? I said, a dollar a week. I never heard back anything. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> money answers everything. It, took a, it was going to take a dollar just to remove the curse off his life. And a dollar a week to maintain the curse off his life. Believe me, I have been through some stuff. I know pastors inside and out. I said, Lord, bring the ones here. Rescue them from that deception. And they come. Thank God for Pastor Mike. He got out of the church age. Money answers everything. You can sow money for a relationship. You can sow money for your healing. I've done it. If God tells you to sow it, if you heard the word, and money, how's money, how does money have anything to do with healing? If you heard the word, you sow. Keep some change in your pocket because you don't want to miss your moment. You can write that word down, and that word's going to stay right there on that paper. It's not going to come become a reality to your life. Until you sow. And I'm amazed that people at Kingdom Life don't really sow. Some of us do, some of us don't. And now I understand why they never grew up. Because Lee said that when you give, God increases the fruits of your righteousness. That's all we want is more of Him. Amen? God himself has given you the power to obtain wealth. You have it on you. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Something is out of order. It's not working. Look at the screen. Power flows through order. Let's look at this order. And I've given this before. When you get this order right, it's going to flow to you. Your altar time is for revelation. That's your quiet time with God. Giving is for activation. Action is for impartation. And then you have to know the enemy's strategy because he's coming after the blessing. You have to know his strategy. You have to know... When he's come to you in adversity and temptation and in opposition. Because he's not going to come to you unless something is on its way to you from God. Did you hear that? He's not going to come to you unless something is on its way to you from God. Can we put that back on the screen? Put the order back on the screen. Thank you. Altar time. 
when God reveals the idea to you, he gives you uh, uh, and some insight into something. And then you give. And it gets activated just like that. You need the activation. It doesn't need to stay on the paper. It's got to be activated. And then action is impartation. There's going to be an impartation tonight. Everybody got it? Okay, go to the next. When prosperity comes, do your part and be a good servant. Good steward. When prosperity comes, because it is coming. I said, it's coming. If you get this order right, it is coming to your house. It's coming to your bosom. God doesn't give me this stuff unless he's going to back me up. It's coming. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Giving must have God's purpose on it. It must have God's motive on it. That's why he's saying don't give it out of necessity. When we give it out of necessity, we haven't heard the revelation. When we give it out of uh, grudgingly, I haven't heard the revelation. So if you haven't heard the revelation, don't give tonight. But if, it, if, if, if you actually heard it, and you're getting excited about this thing now, then you're going to have to give to activate it. So what's God's purpose? Let's look at what God's purpose is. This is his purpose. This is always his purpose. His tithe, his offering, the first fruit offering, which is every year, either the first month or the first quarter of the year, when you give him a first fruit offering, that means it can be an amount that God puts in your spirit. He'll keep you first the rest of the year in everything. Almsgiving. What is almsgiving? Almsgiving is when you are helping someone, but nobody else knows about it. And I taught this a few weeks ago. Don't use your tithe for almsgiving. Or you actually counteract what God is doing in your life. He's trying to get something to you. But now it's counteracted. It's going by you instead of to you. Almsgiving protects man's dignity. That's why it should be done in secret. Seed giving is where your real, true wealth comes in. And most people say, if I've already given my tithes, my first fruit, I've already given alms, I, I don't need to give anymore. But you just missed the best part. Because seed giving is where the great wealth comes back, is in seed giving. And seed giving is Holy Spirit led. The Bible doesn't tell you how to give your seed because it, it's led by the Holy Spirit. He'll have you sow into something or sow into somebody. It's seed giving. That brings the great wealth. 
prosper, uh, this, this word prosper, write these three things down, means to be right, to be successful, and to be correctly aligned with certain requirements. It means to be right, it means to be successful, and to be correctly aligned with certain requirements. So there's an alignment. And I'm trying to get you in alignment tonight. Because I want everybody to experience what God has showed me this year is going to happen in this house. So do you get that? It's to be right, to be successful, to be correctly aligned with certain requirements. We don't prosper when the alignment is off. You don't prosper. What happens when, you're, when your car is out of alignment? Don't the tires wear out? Isn't the car constantly pulling you one way or the other? That's what happens when you're out of alignment. You're constantly wore out. The devil's trying to get you to go to the right, go to the left. Instead of staying on track, staying on order with the things of God. Our faithfulness and stewardship will determine our blessing. I'm going to move ahead a little bit because I want to pray for the, everybody. When God asks you to give, he's not looking at your budget. He's looking at your obedience. He's looking at your obedience. I'm going to have to teach this next time I teach. There's too much here. Ask some testimony, okay. God said he's going to back up this word tonight. In Jeremiah 1.12 it says, He is a silent partner, which we give voice to, to our silent partner. We give voice to him. God is looking for opportunities to prove his word to you tonight. Mark 16, 17 and 18. Isn't it nice to know that God is watching over you? as you are teaching and preaching his word, that you don't have to perform it, that he does it. He's a silent partner. All you have to do is speak it. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, take up serpents, and if they, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, you know... Debt is a devil. It has to be cast out. Wouldn't it be amazing to see you, this devil cast out and the bank call you the next day and say your, your debt's been canceled out? Because the bank's tied to the devil and you. There's agreement. Anything that's contrary to the word is an agreement to a devil. Amen. So if God cast out a devil of debt, then the bank's going to have to release the debt. It's not empowered by you anymore. Every time you make a payment, you're empowering it. You're empowering that devil. Lay hands on the sick. What's sick in your life? Is it your finances? Is it your relationship? There's something sick in your life. Mark 16.20. Then we'll go, we're going to shut the lights out after this one. 16.20. And when they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with accompanying signs. He's confirming the word tonight. He's going to confirm this word tonight with signs, wonders, and miracles. 
And there will be testimonies next Saturday. Because remember, there's an acceleration going on. There will be testimonies. So what the Lord had me do, he said, tonight, I want you to loosen the favor of God on the people. As well as the anointing I put on your life for multiplication, multipl multiplication and building without debt. Three things on the screen that will produce. This, this is going to produce three things. Number one, grace does what human effort cannot do. Number two, people cannot say no to you. You can call the bank up and tell them to cancel your debt. They can't say no to you. Have you ever tried that? You ought to try it after the night. Call them up say, hey, I'd, I'd like my debt canceled. And see what they say. Remember, God's not doing it like he used to do it. Like the two rivers, he's not doing it that way anymore. There's a flood and everything's new in a flood. And number three, the favor of God saves you money. Man, I've seen that. I've seen God give me stuff, and I never pay full price for it. Half price. Everything I do is half price or less. Amen. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. The Lord said just to lay hands on you. So I'm going to just have everybody come around like this and turn the lights off, and I'm going to just lay hands on you and release the grace that he has on my life. He said, I need you to release it tonight. Just let it go. Let's see. And then you need to sow. You got to sow. You can sow up here. You can sow back there in the black boxes or against the wall. 